We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You knew it! Why? You tell the story! Why? You tell the whole damn world this is bad territory! You knew it! Why? You tell the story! Why? You tell the whole damn world this is bad territory! You knew it! Why? You tell the story! Why? You tell the whole damn world this is bad territory! And welcome back to the Golden Blogs podcast, The Bearcast. We are back here in Emeryville, California. Getting ready for football season. We're a week away. A week. We're recording this Saturday, 8 a.m. Yep. Andy is not with me, and that mysterious voice you've heard is our former, former Golden Blogs co-host, mm-hmm. Trace Travers, is back with us. It was very foggy this morning. <laughs> Some Pirates of the Caribbean stuff. It's, it's a very early morning, yeah, too. Yeah, it's not I don't think we've. Though. I don't think we've ever recorded this early. No, no. <laughs> I mean, this is usually when I'm awake and going, so it's a good day. Yeah, he's got he's got his a uh, little cup of Starbucks in his hand, getting ready to go. I got a, I got a cup of ice water just to wake me up a little bit, and we're getting right to it. So, <clears throat> first to lay out a little um, some h- announcements. Yes. First, we're gonna our, the podcast schedule is changing. We're gonna make it so we have two podcasts that go up every week. We're gonna have a recap podcast of what happened on Saturday. Plus, um, in that podcast, it'll be our normal podcast where we talk about news of all the sports, so on and so forth. That'll go up every Monday. And either on Tuesday or Wednesday, I don't think we've set a date yet, we're going to have a about a 30-minute preview podcast of um, our upcoming football game. Mm-hmm. You'll have that weekly just because for the first time in a long time, our bye week isn't until way late in the season. November 11th, yeah. I believe. So... We're gonna have we're we're gonna have constant Cal football for about nine weeks, I believe. Yeah, I think so. Ten. Ten weeks. Yes, ten weeks. Because the buys right before the big Stamp, game. Yeah, yeah. And then UCLA. Yeah. So yeah, ten weeks. You're gonna have ten weeks of straight Cal football games. So that's the schedule we're gonna go off of. Um, so that's just some housekeeping notes, so that you guys who are listening, probably the one or two people. Um, <laughs> uh, because I know, I know one of our writers, P- uh, Peter, listens to it. Piotr? Peter? I still haven't figured out how to say his name. But, um, yes. The, I, I call him... listened when I met him. Yeah. I called him the uh, Polish, key- Polish keyboard. He yeah. really wanted me to say that. Okay. He's our keyboard warrior in terms of getting breaking news out. So I call him the Polish keyboard. I wanted to give him Polish hammer, but Martin Gortat already has that. 
honor. So I think you know. he doesn't want that name though. He's like wanted to be called a Polish gazelle or something like that. Something more, a little more elegant. Something where it shows <laughs> less, that he can actually run. <laughs> less blunt than a hammer. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's just the the stuff we're gonna go through. So today, since we're, we have Trace here, we're gonna go through a little depth chart stuff. Then we're gonna move on to the first half of the season, a little preview of those games, and then after that, we're gonna move on to um, just our thoughts on the first six games, a little bit of recruiting news, and we'll last trace uh, some of his thoughts on some of the early recruits that we've gotten in. Okie dokie. And that'll be the end of the show. Cool. Cool. So, let's get it going. Let's get it going. All right. So let's go with the depth chart first. Lots of questions. Still, yeah. Still remaining. I Ask mean, me anything. I mean, we had, the, we, had the press, we had the media availability with Wilcox the other day, and mm-hmm. I know Rusty Simmons from The Chronicle asked about depth chart. And he's like, we're just not ready to release one right now. Yeah, they're going to say that up until the day of the North Carolina game. It's, I mean, it's not quite Michigan level of where they have to file for Freedom of Information Act for the <laughs> roster, but they're going to – Wilcox has said repeatedly, hey, whatever kind of depth chart we release, don't look too much into it. We're going to play – it's going to be a mix of a lot of guys just because that's – that's how it works with college football these days. With teams running more and more plays, you get teams that rotate more and more. And that's what they're going to do. There's going to be quite a bit of rotation. Yeah, I mean, he said that with the quarterbacks, too. I remember yeah, at yeah. one point where we were asking him, you know, McIlwain's gotten this many. He got the first reps, and he's like, don't look into Yeah. Don't read too much into who's getting the first reps first and it's, second. I feel like that situation's been a bit overblown because during the scrimmage last Saturday, it was a lot of Bowers and Forrest running with the first team, and McIlwain only ran with the first team guys at the end. And, I mean, he ran a great drive, but at this moment, his eligibility is still up in the air. They don't know yet. They haven't gotten anything back. And, I mean, it, I mean, do you really trust the NCAA on this? Yeah, the NCAA literally could give an announcement the day of the yeah. UNC game. They're still probably going to bring him yeah. in that case. Yeah, I think they're going to take him. Might as well. He gives the best scout team look. If uh, North Carolina is starting Brandon Harris, the LSU transfer, transfer, similar skill sets, I think from what I've seen, McIlwain's a bit of a better thrower. Just he's made some great throws. You've seen it too, Rob. Mm-hmm. He's he's electric. Yeah, yeah. Last Saturday, his uh, final completion to Jeremiah Hawkins was just phenomenal. Yeah, you, it seems like that connection has been blossoming yeah, quite Hawkins a bit. Hawkins has been a bit of a revelation. He's going to play this year, and I mean, you have the two number sixes who are both Hawkins. It's going to screw you up a little bit, but there is a height difference, though. Yeah, yeah. There's the, quite there's a, a big solid, of a, yeah. like, half foot there. Yeah. But Still, it, when you're trying to read it quick, it's yeah, no. J. A. Hawkins and J. E. Hawkins, yeah. and is that is that how they're going to go on the jerseys? I think that's how you do it if you have two, two siblings same last names. who start with the same like letter. So family members, yeah, not- family members. <laughs> Again, I want them to go after JoJo Hawkins in the 2019 class, but they're kind of full up on that type of slot receiver. Yeah, but, but if they do, you would have three. Yeah. Yeah. There, you can't have three number sixes, though. I mean, you can. We have three number nines. Or that is they well, have three number nines. True, but one's on the special one's teams. One's a kicker. Well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and kickers do count. Kickers do count. David Seawright would be very upset yeah. if I said f- kickers aren't people. Specialists are people, too, as we know. <laughs> All right, yeah. so let's, let's... And Dylan Klumpf is up for the Mortel Award for Best Holder, but that's neither here nor there. Yeah, 
and our we have our picks for the Piesman too, but that'll oh, come later well, on in the season. Well, I mean, Malik doesn't qualify anymore, so Joe uh, James Looney. Oh yeah, of course. If if that ever happens in in a real game, yeah, he's gonna go in a wildcat quarterback. <laughs> he did say he could be. He's confident enough to play any position. Run the big man option with Malik. That'd be quite scary. Yeah. Can you imagine getting blocked by Malik and then you look around him and you see James Looney yeah, <laughs> running at you? Good as old well. QB power. Yeah. Outside pulling guard, pulling Malik. Easy, easy. Yeah. That's an easy, easy goal line play. Yeah. All right. Let's let's move on to some other death tests. So we talked. Let's. Which side would you prefer to talk about first? You want to talk about the defense or the I, offense? I could go either side, honestly. Let's start with the offense, just because that's how I write these things out. Usually. That is true. Yeah. All right. So let's let's start with the trenches first. Let's start with the O line. Okay. So. We got Two guys returning, I believe. Yeah, you have uh, 16 total starts, which really isn't that good. They, you know, you lost nine total starts when you lost Dwayne Wallace to whatever the heck he did. But so you got Ohms and McCarry. Uh, Ohms at center, McCarry at left tackle. And solidified right now has been uh, Jake Curhan, my boy, Redwood High School alum, right tackle. You have. Uh, and then the guard spots that are probably going to be occupied by Cameron Bennett at left guard, where he played all spring. I have no doubt that he's going to be the starter there come day one. But right guard's a little more murky, just because Samisi Uluave hasn't been healthy throughout fall camp. And, I mean, he's played right guard, but he's still getting healthy. And he's back right now. I'll say that. But uh, Valentino Daltoso, the transfer from Oregon, he is in competition to play, so one of those two guys is going to start there. What about the revelation of a lot of a lot of us that have been at these game, or these practices talking about Mike Safel? You know, and he's his yeah. just explosion from That's, probably redshirt into on the two deep. Eh, honestly, I thought he would play just because really? he is skilled. He is very very skilled, very very focused on technique. That's something that Steve Greatwood likes to see from his guys. Because, you know, the first conversation I had with him, what, right when he got offered, we talked for 10 minutes about technique. And there's, I mean, there's, for the layperson, there's really not much to talk about with technique. But there's all <laughs> kinds of little, like, nuances, like hand, hand punch, your steps. You got to make sure you're stepping, you're moving forward, not back. You take a small step to start. It's all very, it's complex. And then, excuse me there. No worries. <laughs> A bit complex, and he's very, very focused on it. He loves football. He is very excited about football. You can see that excitement in how he plays and how he works. And I don't know if you saw his high school film at all, but he's just tenacious yeah. at his size. And he's, a, I mean, he's 290, 300 at about my height, so he's a bit of a bowling ball there. But He's going to be hard to move, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah, he was. he's going to... He's going to play guard this year just because that's what's needed. He'll play center with the second team like he has been doing, but he's a very talented kid, very smart, and he has a good rapport with the offensive line. He's kind of what you want for a line like this, someone who knows what they're doing, and they can build up even more, which Steve Greatwood is teaching these guys to do. So Yeah, I mean, personally, I'm okay with – him getting some snaps just because I feel like rarely do you see an offensive lineman leave early, right? You're, yeah. You, you've got, you've usually have them for solid three, four years, right? So mm-hmm. I'm, 
I like him on the 2D where he gets that experience on a couple just spell plays. Yeah, yeah. And then next year, you know, if he moves himself up a little more on mm-hmm. the depth chart, then, you know, he gets a little more playing time. Yeah. I actually like the whole fr- the playing a couple of freshman alignment just mm-hmm. so that they get the reps in and what it feels like to be in a game. So, all right, let's move on from the O-line. Where do you want to Where do you want to move to on the field? I mean, we could talk about the O-line all day, honestly, because <laughs> I didn't even get to, like, Ryan Gibson. Who, right. Who's uh, – Safel's kind of taken a spot at second-team center, but Gibson can play either guard spot. Gentle Williams, he's healed up pretty nicely from an injury in the fall. And he can play either guard spot. The problem is that tackle depth is very limited. Mm-hmm. Bennett can move outside. But other than that, they really have J.D. Hinnant and then a bunch of unproven walk-ons at this point, like Henry Bazakis, who He's a big dude, but I'm not sure you'd like to. Yeah, I don't think anyone would feel necessarily comfortable putting yeah. walk-ons out at tackle. No, no, not at this point. Yeah. But that being said, let's move on. Let's go to, like, I don't know, wide receiver. Let's go to the wide receivers. A little outside. Yeah. So we've talked about Jeremiah Hawkins. He's going to play. He's not going to start, I don't think. I think the starters are going to be Demetrius Robertson, Jordan Vesey, and Kanavainoa. Wow, no Mookie Stovall in there. He'll rotate in. Baldwin has always used multiple receivers. Yeah, I mean, from what we've seen in practice, the, the amount of wide receiver sets have been so diverse. Yeah, they'll go yeah. they'll go five wide, they'll go four wide, they'll move everybody out. They'll they can even go to like a um what is it? A pro style 11 personnel, yeah. right? So I was going to go 12 personnel where they have that's yeah. have a fullback H back yeah. type in the backfield. And I don't know, it's interesting at the moment where you have the wide receivers are the strength of the offense mm-hmm. right now in depth and talent and everything because you have guys who've played a ton. Like you have D-Rob, you have VC, you have Vic Wharton, you have Stovall, you have Jordan Duncan, you have Brandon Singleton. I'm leaving a few out here. You have Tariq Johnson, who's probably going to play as a freshman too. Who has been pretty solid. Yeah, yeah. They don't. The problem is they don't have too many of the – bigger receivers right. they lost a couple yeah. due to transfer and logan gamble and drew kobayashi and strickland strickland last year yeah. and then you know chad went to the nfl early yeah which muzzled off to him yeah so it's there's a lot of talent it's a very good problem to have where you're trying to find who's the best guy to play but the best guys so far have been d rob because he can stretch the field and he's probably the most talented player on the team you have Noah, who is, he's, I don't know how to say it. He's just got a knack for finding open spaces in the defense over the middle, especially on third and fourth downs. Yeah, I also think he's the, like, the you, you kind of want, like, a, a wide receiver with a little bit of bite, just mm-hmm. a little bit of a hard-nosed edge to him. Yeah. And he definitely brings that, just because you're going to have wide receivers pass blocking, and, you know, for, for you know, whether it be screens or just downfield yeah, blocking yeah. for run plays. And he brings that edge where he wants to get in the guy's oh, yeah. face. Yeah, he's a he's a tough kid. He's very quiet. You kind of have to talk to other people about him if you want to learn about him. But very quiet, very tough. It's very funny how him in like a media availability session, <laughs> and then seeing him on the field. It's yeah, because yeah, not we're not hearing him on the field, but you can definitely tell there's a different demeanor. Yeah, when he steps between the lines, like like high school teammate Ulu- Semisi Uluave said, he's like an eagle, man. <laughs> my favorite line of uh, that I wrote on him, but never too high, never too low. 
there any other wide receivers that you kind of um, highlighting that you think might make an impact this year? I mean, Jordan Duncan, just because you saw how he did in the spring. Right. I mean, I believe he has. The, I mean, without a doubt, has the best hands out of all yeah, the wide receivers. Yeah, that's. I I could see that, and he he has a knack for making great plays. He's getting used to the offense, and he'll fit in just fine. He'll play a lot. I mean, they'll all get some time. In some shape or form, there are like nine or ten guys that can go. Yeah, because I definitely do feel like wide receivers, the one position you're going to have to rotate a lot. Oh, yeah. Just because of how much they're running. Mm-hmm. Like the sheer amount of, of yeah. physical running that they have to do up and down the field, you know, to, mm-hmm. and you have a lot of guys just standing on the sidelines yeah. with fresh legs coming right in. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's, I think, definitely the wide receiver is exciting. It's a good group. Yeah. It's a very good group. That's... I mean, the the Sunny Dykes era is much maligned because they didn't recruit well in the trenches. And yeah, trenches in the front and, seven. Yeah, but they got a ton of right wide receivers, mm-hmm. and it's a good problem to have. Should we should we go to tight ends? Are we going to sure. consider tight ends part of the wide receivers? Or let's we... just go to tight ends while yeah. we can. So Ray Hudson is the, the starter. starter. Um. But beyond him, that's kind of predetermined. Kyle Wells has stood out a lot since he earned his scholarship. Very, I like what Justin Wilcox has done with giving scholarships to walk-ons. It's not a big deal or anything. You just bring him into the office, have a nice chat with him, tell him, give hey, us, give us papers. Help. These are the reasons why you have earned a scholarship. Congratulations. The kids find out about it. And, I mean, that's how I found out about it was uh, Trey Watson posted it on Twitter. And then I went through the people to see if, hey, is this true or is Trey just spouting stuff again? But, no, Kyle Wells, he's done a very good job. He's – Charlie Regal has said he's only really going to be used attached to the line, be in the box, that sort of thing. It's a position that he played in high school. Like, he played – I mean, it's not too different, but inside receiver and fullback here, but it's not quite the same as, you know, being on the line. Yeah, having hands in the dirt. Having your, yeah, getting your three-point stance, chipping off the defensive end, finding a gap in between the inside and outside linebackers, you know, all that fun stuff. I think the big thing with Hudson, too, is that how excited he is. You and I have seen it. The excitement when you talk to him after practice about how he's back playing tight end, like, it's just, the smile on his face Mm -hmm. is, is just amazing. And uh, I've, that's good to see. If he's if he feels more comfortable playing in this position, mm-hmm. even though he played three years, yeah, in, at wide receiver, like you, that's how you know he's that's the position that was meant for him. Yeah. yeah, but after those guys, it's really, you know, you have the fullback position in conjunction, the H back type. That's mm-hmm. Malik right now, with uh, Justin Norbeck and Fabiano Hale backing him up. Do you see any of the freshman tight ends playing the season? I don't know. I don't think so, just because they they need more time. I felt like, well, I talked to Ben Moose, and he basically said, oh, yeah, this you're going from a few pages of a playbook to, like, 50 pages <laughs> of a playbook. It, that That's just an estimate. But there's yeah. more complex stuff. And, like, at the tight end position in high school, you're not expected to do too much. You're supposed to, like, you don't really have – you run me a bench, an out, um, seam route, yeah. and a sit route, basically, and me a crossing route, a little like um, in and out over the top package yeah. type deal. 
but you're not expected to do much. There's not as many reads as there are in the offense here, and that's what he's doing now. He's learning. Same with Reinwald. Reinwald needs to bulk up a bit. I've been told Reinwald has some of the best technique amongst the freshmen, so that's very good to see. That's why they brought him in, to be honest. They both need more time. I think if they're going to use a backup there, it'll be either Jake Ashton or Matt Laris right now. So it's, I mean, the tight end depth isn't exactly what you'd like. Yeah. But they're getting a guy in next year in McCallum Castles, 6'5". Great name. Two, named after the Scotch, apparently. <laughs> but I think he's only like 215 right now, so he'll need to bulk up. But, you know, when you have that frame that's, Way up there, you can be a mismatch in the slot and otherwise. And they're looking at a few other guys, 2018 class, to pick that up. Um, some 2019 guys that can do it. So it it goes on. It'll, they're bringing back the tight end. They're making sure to make it a focal part of the offense again. Yeah, I definitely do feel like, you know, you're – I mean, we expect anything else, at least out of that position going into the season just because you have a coaching change where the previous coach didn't – recruit tight ends, no, no, and now you're trying to implement that into the system. So you're trying to just put able bodies and big bodies into that slot. So. Yeah, one that, I don't know, when, I mean, Hudson, he was a tight end recruited by Jeff Tedford. Yeah. So <laughs> that should tell you all you need to know. Yeah, it'll be fun to watch, that's for sure. All right, let's move back into the backfield. You want to go with the quarterbacks, or should we go to the running backs? Let's do running backs and then save quarterbacks for last. All right, so, the running backs. I think four guys are going to play this year, not evenly. Trey Watson and Vic and Wary are going to get the lion's share of carries. And Patrick Laird, who's also earned a scholarship, congratulations to him, he will play. Because he's been, used, he's been used a ton during practice. Yeah, he has. And he's just been a workhorse. He can catch passes. He can run up the middle. He can run to the outside. He has enough speed for that. I think he's he's the perfect middle ground between Trey and Vic, at least yeah. for me, from what I've seen. Somewhat, somewhat. Yeah. I, he's more towards the more bigger, towards yeah bigger backside than than Trey is, and he's more like Vic, but yeah. not quite. I I don't know. It's you're kind of putting them in a box when you say, "Oh, this guy's like this guy." Yeah, and yeah. When they're they're kind of different. Yeah, they, they have are different, different attitudes towards the game. But uh, Zion Eccles is the other guy because he is fast. He is a one very good one cut back, which is what they've been what they need for this offensive line. Mm-hmm. And I mean, we all know how good Trey and Vic are. We've seen them three seasons now. Trey got a bigger chance to shine the past two years mm-hmm. just due to injuries. Yeah. Vic, he's very good at, against teams from Texas. To be honest. <laughs> oh man, I feel like I'm a little too close to the mic now, but uh, he's. He's very good against teams from Texas, but he's getting more stable. This is a good offensive line system for him to run behind. And we'll see how they do this year. I think Trey's going to be used a lot in the passing game. That's something that, I mean, he's said multiple times, I have the best hands on the team, if not the country. And while that is an obvious exaggeration, he's still pretty, pretty good as a pass catcher out of the backfield. So... He yeah. actually had the longest touchdown last year, which was a reception out of the backfield. That's right. Against Arizona State. Yeah, I mean, we've seen enough of Eccles in practice mm-hmm. where all of us are like, holy crap, where did that come from? Yeah, Broke fast running like, backs with the number four. Yeah. Who'd have thunk it? Yeah. 
Uh, the old number four. It's it's gonna be fun to see the old number four back in the backfield yeah. again. Yeah. yeah. I yeah that number. Is, I think for you, me, Andy as well, very big nostalgic value. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I was very glad I wasn't at that Oregon State game where I kind of yeah kicked it. Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, but moving, uh, we'll stay with the wide receiver just for a split second. The, you see any of the all? Wow, my tongue's all yeah twisted. Do you, any of the other guys? Do you think will play, or are they going to try and are they going to redshirt them for sure? I think they're going to redshirt Ollie Walsh, just mm-hmm. because you know that's just because you have a lot so much depth. In front of them. Yeah, and we'll see if Derek Clark plays. I don't know at the moment. I haven't seen too much of him. He's been kind of dinged up. Yeah, he's played, then rested, then played, then rested. And it's, yeah, it's been it's been a little back and forth. Yeah, yeah, it's. I'm pretty sure it's just going to be those four guys. So at the moment. All right, uh, let's move on from the running backs to quarterback. The quarterback, most fun position of them all. That we'll never probably ever find out. Oh, We're no. never going to find out. No. Even during the game, we probably won't know. I mean, I'm very. I'm like ninety. Five percent certain that Ross Bowers is going to start against North Carolina. Okay, there you have it, folks. Yeah, don't take that as gospel. <laughs> I just think that he said ninety-five, so there is a five percent chance that it's not. Yeah, and with me, that five percent chance is ninety-five percent going to happen. So, <laughs> but Ross, he's he's probably the top guy coming out of the spring, but uh, you know they're going to give. Forrest a shot to earn it back. I don't think he has. I think Chase Garbers, while he still showed an awareness beyond his years, he still isn't there yet. And honestly, if McElwain were eligible, I think he'd they'd use the two of them in conjunction to start. Wow, two QB system to start yeah, why the season. Not? Why not? I mean, we but, did do that with Goff and Rubenzer. I remember we when we went to North Carolina. So Northwestern. Really. I mean, Northwestern. Sorry, we're going to North Carolina this time. So many Norths. Yeah. Don't play too many Souths, except right. USC. Then here's my question to you. If uh, Ross Bowers is the starter, who is his backup? I think it'll be a conjunction of Chase Carvers and Chase Forrest. If okay. Brandon McElwain is not eligible. If he is eligible, that those two guys if will be If he is good. eligible, he will either be the backup or he will take the starting job at some point during the season. Okay, okay. Which do you – are you a – Believer in Garbers' ability to be the backup, or yeah, yeah, I think, I think Garbers will play at some point this season. I've expressed this belief before. He may around like game six or seven. If they find they need to change, they're gonna throw him in because there's no use in keeping him out at this point. Uh, yeah. A lot of the quarterbacks who have succeeded in Bo Baldwin's system, they've played when they're they've been backups. A lot of them had redshirted, but Baldwin said, hey, this guy's been better than a lot of freshmen than I've seen at this level. And I think he has the capability to do something because he's, he's a good quarterback and he's a smart kid. Shooter McGavin, because he's a surprisingly good golfer. I got the backstory on that because he, uh, right before he came into camp, he played some golf with his dad, who was a former golfer at the University of Georgia. And he shot a two under par on a par seventy two course. So Jeez. He's he's good. He's a talented kid. He's confident. He knows what he's doing. He's, he's got a good arm too. Yeah, yeah. He's definitely got a good arm. Very accurate. He's a surprisingly good runner. Like one of the things he worked on a year ago was running. 
and I forget how many touchdowns he had, but he had a bunch, and, you know, he's good for the 15, 16-yard gains on, like, third and whatever if you scramble away. Mm-hmm. Something that uh, Sam Darnold is so good at right now, yeah. which is an underrated part of that kid's game. So, But we'll get to talking about USC later. <laughs> All right, so that has to, that's that's wrapped up for the offensive side. Let's uh, let's move on. Okay, and this is where it becomes a lot more complicated. <laughs> a lot more complicated. At least let's, on the defensive line. Cause let's let's move with the easier part then. Let's go with the defensive backs first because that's a, okay. that picture is a lot clearer. Yeah, than there's basically any other. like yeah, I know who's gonna play there right now. Yeah, so the cornerbacks. Let's start with the cornerbacks. cornerbacks. So starting right now, I'm gonna say Elijah Hicks. He's been. Phenomenal Same. as a true freshman, mm-hmm. absolutely phenomenal. Everyone's been asking me uh, when I go to when I go to hang out, and they just say, "Who's? Do we have any stars on our team for this year?" He's you know, a new future guys. star. He is. He's that. That's the first name I mentioned because everyone knows D Rob, right? Yeah. yeah. Not no. Not a lot of people know about Hicks. We've known just because yeah. you know about you know because he has the strangest circumstances of recruiting. Exactly. Like, I mean, I found out that he was going to come to Cal maybe a week before Sonny was fired. So even though Sonny was fired, he still got there. Yeah. And, and the Sonny firing, too, like came out of nowhere. Yeah, so that, that was, it was like a, unexpected yeah. by everyone. But I'm pretty sure we've covered that to death. We did. And then beyond death and then back to death. Yeah. So. And we grabbed it back from death. Yeah, yeah. Some uh, Phoenix Downs or something. <laughs> For moving on, Ledge Hicks on one side and the Hicks other. and uh, Marlon Franklin. Wow, you not Allensworth. I mean, he'll rotate in. They're going to go. There's a certain two or three deep there where, okay. you know, you have uh, well, uh, Cameron Bynum backing up Hicks and mm-hmm. then Allensworth backing up Marlon And those two, they're basically interchangeable on each side. All right. What about and, let's move into the slot a little bit. With... And slot, uh, uh, Nickel will be someone like uh, whatever they are, Drayden and Beck. Drayden's been real good during he camp, has. and I mean Beck was great during the spring. So, yeah, Drayden's—they can play on the outside too. So that's true. Yeah, and Drayden's knack for getting his hands on the ball has been really impressive. Yeah, the interception that he made last Saturday against—it was against McIlwain throwing to Hawkins on a seam route, and you know it was perfect technique. You just turn around, run with the guy, turn, make the play, yeah. and he did that. Fundamental. That's why he'll be the primary nickel, I think. Yeah. Um, and then let's move on to the safeties in the back. Safeties, uh, they're probably going to go too deep. They have they have the ability to go three deep, but I'm not sure if they will. Yeah. Because you'll have you have uh, Deron Brown and Quentin Tartable, and you have Jalen Hawkins and Luke Robinson. And, I mean, you could throw in Trey Turner, but I'm not sure how healed up he is. Yeah. Because he hasn't been playing with – you know, beyond the third team at this point, which he'll still play on special teams, I'm willing to bet, because he's a good tackler and he's a good athlete. But, you know, Deron Brown has been a revelation. Tartable's been very good at getting to the ball and getting his nose on the ball. Hawkins, same thing. And Rubenzer is well-studied at everything. So Rubenzer's actually the career leader in interceptions for this group right now, so... There you have Fun it. Fun fact. There, there Four interceptions. Yeah. I think, I personally think, at least for the safety group, I'm more excited for next year mm-hmm. when Rambo's fully healed up yeah. and we have a Hawkins that is fully experienced that yeah. playing the safety spot. And Brown will be back. Tartable will be back. Exactly. So. That that group is going to be real mm-hmm. good. 
And actually, Daniel Scott has looked pretty good in what limited amounts I've seen him in. Uh-huh. He's not going to play this year. He's going to redshirt. Like, I think Hicks is the only true freshman, true on, freshman defense. on defense that's going to play right away. Yeah. He's... His confidence, the swagger that he holds him like holds himself to, like when he's playing, and it's yeah, I can't give him enough praise of how good he's looked in the mm-hmm. practices that we've been to. Yeah. All right, let's move inside. Should we want to go down in the trenches or just in the middle of the field? Let's just go linebackers. For All right, now. let's go with the linebackers. Okay. We we know of two starters. Yeah. Downs. And Davison. And we know of all four, really, because Saffle's going to yes, start that at is true. one outside linebacker mm-hmm. spot. And uh, Nam's boy, Cameron Good, <laughs> is going to start at the other one, I'm pretty sure, at this point. I guess the next question would be is who are the substitutes behind him? Oh, that's, you know, Russell Uday on one side. He's been a revelation moving from defensive tackle to outside linebacker. He's very comfortable in space. He's confident. He's one of those guys who I felt was kind of in the doghouse mm-hmm. for under Sonny, but he is better. He's it's a position that he's played in high school before. He told me that, so I'm taking his word for it on that. <laughs> no, I believe him. He's a good dude. Yeah, and uh, you know Alex Funches on the other side there because Funches he's looked very good in pass rush. He has. You know he didn't actually play as a stand up defensive end outside linebacker type until. This spring. And he looked that natural. Yeah, he looked natural. The... He basically said, hey, it was awkward at first, but, you know, I kind of got it. Yeah. So. He, st- he took it in full stride. Yeah, he said he got an interception last year in a game, and he was as surprised as anybody else. <laughs> so, but And then in the middle, you have uh, Jordan Kanashik, and you have Garen Brown from Modern Day. Yeah. Former Modern Day defensive captain. <coughs> he... He's been very good. Uh, Tim Druder noted, hey, this guy's always been around when we've had a turnover. He has a nose for getting getting to the ball, getting on the ball. He's good in blitzes. Mm-hmm. But behind those guys, there's a surprising amount of depth here. Mm-hmm. As you have uh, Hamilton and Anoa'i playing on the outside now with uh, Malik Salms on the outside. They're having him play a kind of hybrid outside linebacker safety. Right? Yeah. I'd, the I'd, coin. That came out of nowhere for yes. me. Have you have you seen any of him? Pull? It happened literally last week where they <laughs> told him, hey, we want to try you here. But it's something that Wilcox has done with Shaq Thompson and Sue Cravens before. Mm-hmm. That safety outside linebacker yeah, hybrid. I mean, Malik needs to bulk up. He lot. needs to hit the in and out heavily. He's standing, sitting pretty at uh, 190 pounds right now. So a little small, yeah. but he can tackle. He can hit. He's got speed. He can drop into coverage. You know, he's a hybrid outside linebacker, nickelback type, which that's why they call it the coin. I've, that's the only, because they can't call it the quarter, really, because, you know, quarter's coverage yeah. is a thing. He's the Sacagawea dollar, we've decided. <laughs> so, but yeah, and you have Evan Weaver playing uh, both inside and outside linebacker. Where do you think he, where do you think he ultimately ends up? I think he ends up on the inside. Really? Just. It's looked very natural for him. It that it has. I mean, I I've, I've realized when they send him when they send him through the gaps from the inside position, yeah. usually whoever picks him up is severely outmatched. Yeah, yeah. Cuz you see him look for I feel like the game's slowed down for him. That's a bit of a cliche, but yeah. you know, you see the whole opening and then you see him see it and you see him just kind of boom, go yeah. through it. 
and he's looked very, very good. He likes hitting people. So. He likes tackling. Yeah. <laughs> that is for sure. He's a very, very good defensive football player. He has the potential to do big things, whether it's inside or outside, because he's a good pass rusher. Because you know the guy, uh, he got his first sack last year against Texas. Right. Against Connor Williams, who's yes. the left tackle there, who is like all American everything. And I fit, whenever I see that, oh, hey, this guy's first team, all American preseason, whatever, and I think you got beat by Evan Weaver last year. Yeah, I mean, you I see... I mean, Bouchelle did scramble on that play, but still. Right. You see Evan Weaver's uh, profile picture on Twitter, yeah. and it's after that Standing after that check. That was yeah. the best picture taken from that game. Yeah. So. He has a little Superman pose going on with yeah, him. Yeah, Standing over him. I Neil before Zot. Just before we move on to the D-line, I just want to ask you a question about Garen Brown. Uh-huh. You wrote a story on him. Yes. With him... Yeah, Malik uh, brought him over. How he brought him over from Washington. Mm-hmm. Now he's on the two deep as a walk on. Yeah. Do you see him becoming maybe our next like inside linebacker, just the brain guy, just there long term? Or I think to the stere- he's very smart. Don't get me wrong, but yeah. to stereotype him as a brain guy, kind of it puts him in that, a box. That is again. true. That is true. He's a he's a good hitter. He gets to the ball. He burst through the line I don't, on a lot of – they've been working a lot of blitz packages, and you see him in the backfield a lot. Or I guess the better question to ask you would be, do you see him long-term as the starter at one of the inside linebacker positions, or will he just be a, a really good depth guy? I think he could become a starter, honestly. He's been that good right now. It's just a matter of, hey, how do we see him in the games? Mm-hmm. So I personally would vouch for him. I, I think he could be a starter. We'll see how it plays out. Time will tell. I mean, he can do it in practice. He can do it in the scrimmages. It's just it matters when the lights come on. Yeah. All right, let's move on to the D-line. Okay, this is a little more complicated because yeah. I have no clue how exactly this is going to work. We pretty much only know two guys that are will be starting. Two or three, really. Looney and McCary, at least Looney for me. Looney and McCary. And I, I said either Rusty Becker or Luke Paquette. Just they've been the two guys who have kind of been doing stuff. Right, because we all assumed it would be Ziande. Yeah. Just because Zionde of the amazing spring he had. messed up his knee, and mm-hmm. he's not doing so hot. Yeah. Which sucks, because he was going to have a good year. He had looked so natural yeah. at the 3-4 DN. Mm-hmm. Uh, beyond them. Yeah, who's who's rotating in on that D-line? I've thought Tevin Paul has flashed a lot. Yes. He's gotten great pushes into the backfield. You have Chris Palmer, who has stood out. Because he's, he's the biggest guy right now at 330. Um, let me think. This is a little tough, honestly. <laughs> uh, Chinadu, right. Chinadu, Uriogu. Big number 91. Yep. He's he's also, I could see him being in competition for that final defensive end spot, but I'm pretty sure, honestly, it's uh, Becker and Paquette. So, hope I'm pronouncing Paquette's name right. Isn't it Beckett? Is it not Beckett? I always thought it was kind of like, you know, it's... Kind there's, of Creole Southern. There's the two French T's. Deal. There's the two T's with the E. That's yeah. that's what gets you. The you K. Know, I don't know. It's kind of French, but because <laughs> his name's Luke L U C. Yeah. I don't know. The only other Luke I can think of that way is uh, Luke Robitaille. Is a who played for, played for the Kings, I think, in hockey. Yeah, I have no idea who that is. 
Uh, <laughs> I played a lot of NHL hits growing up. Uh, so I played too much NBA Street. Oh yeah, I mean, yeah. same here. But. <laughs> uh, let me let me ask you one question about the D line. Then who outside of the outside of Looney and McCary, who we all know are going to be really good for the defensive line this year. Is there any other guy that you're like, okay, he's going to have a good year playing on the line? Yeah, I think Tevin Paul will, just because he's looked extremely strong during the spring or fall. I keep making the mistake, yeah. spring and fall. It's the fall now. It's, yeah. it's the fall now. Springtime somewhere else. Yeah. But he's looked very good. He's gotten a great push. He has some good strength. Having as an arrow around has helped everyone, really. But he's he looks confident. So... That's the best I can say about him. All right. Well, that wraps up all our depth chart stuff. Ah, thank goodness. <laughs> all right. We'll move on from there. We're going to talk about the first six games of the season. Okie dokie. All right. So our first six games are at UNC next week, followed by home to Weber State, home to Ole Miss, home to SC, away at Oregon, and away at Washington. That that three-game stretch, yeah. the Justin Wilcox revenge tour. <laughs> That is true. That's very true. Well, can we can we really say the Oregon is a revenge tour? Eh, I mean, I'm he did sure. play there. He played there, and he's been against them for the Quite majority some. of his career. <laughs> All so right, so let's just say it's a revenge, revenge tour. tour. All right, let's. Uh, we're not going to go game by game because we're going to have preview podcasts, you yeah. know, that go up weekly. So I wanted to kind of do a little superlative type thing for the first six games. All sure, right. shoot. So, first, who's our hardest opponent out of those six? I'm going to say USC right now. Or UW. One of the two. I mean, UW, obviously, they've, they're coming off a playoff appearance. They're not losing too much. I mean, they're losing a bit in the secondary. They lost Sidney Jones, Kevin King. Uh, I think there's one more. Buda Baker. Buda Baker. There we go. But they've still got a very strong defense. They've kept pretty much all their coaches I mean, they got a new offensive line coach in Scott Huff from uh, Boise State. He's a talented guy. Mm-hmm. I I put him on a list of people that Cal was looking at as yeah. their offensive line coach. But they've got Browning back another year. They don't have John Ross anymore, but uh, Pettis is still there. They've still got a Sterling offensive line. And they got they, a good stable of running backs, too. got good running backs. And uh, I can't remember the dude's name. Is Gaskin still there? I thought he was drafted. Okay, I may be wrong, Gaskin, but I will I will look that up right now as we keep continue talking. Yeah, yeah. Um, let me ask you this then. Huh. They have Vitavia. Who that that kid's good. Yeah. Uh, Miles Gaskin is still with the Huskies. Yeah, he's good. Yeah, he's good. Okay. Uh, <laughs> all right. Let me let me ask you this then. If you were a betting man, which you are not, um, validly against betting. Yeah. But if you were a betting man, would you rather take the matchup against SC at home? Uh, let me put an asterisk there. SC has has historically not played well up to their standard when they visit Berkeley, right? There have been games over the last few years where uh, I don't. <laughs> you know, you know, you're not in that boat. I'm no. Andy and I are in that boat. 2015, yeah, they didn't play as well. But 2013, that was a murder scene. <laughs> uh, 2011, they played in uh, the. SF Stadium, and it right. was rainy and miserable that yeah. day, so don't remember. Oh, boy. I may have to take this. Can right. Yeah. Sorry, Trace had a phone call to take, so we're back now here um, yeah. after he had his phone call, a little phone go off. 
But Tracy's a busy man. Yeah, yeah. Um, That's why we're doing this at 8 in the morning. <laughs> All right, so let's... So so my my original question was, Would mm-hmm. you, if you were a betting man, would you rather take SC at home or at Washington? I mean, SC at home, probably. I'd rather take that, but... Both is both are going to be ridiculously difficult. Be difficult, but you'd you'd always take the home game, right? Is that, yeah, that's what you, I'm expecting. You take the home game as the rule, and I mean, SE they still got a lot of they got a lot of talented players, obviously, because that's who they are. That's their reputation. They can get anybody from LA that they want, and they've got probably the best quarterback in college football, in Sam Darnold. But arguably, you know, arguably, I think he is. Honestly, he's better than Rosen. He's better than uh, Josh Allen in Wyoming. Um, Lamar Jackson? Best quarterback set for the next level, I want to say. Because, I don't know, that's kind of the thing. When yeah, it's different. It's a different... It's a different deal. Yeah. I mean, Lamar Jackson is extremely talented. I'd probably put him at second or third as far as top quarterbacks in the country right now. Yeah. But Darnold's good. All right. But I'd rather take the whole game where you have a bit more confidence. It depends on how they do the week before against Ole Miss at home. Yeah. I, I think, think as long as you don't get blown out, yeah. you go into that game with a good amount of confidence. Yeah, yeah. and I don't think they'll get blown out by Ole Miss either. But that's – well, let's save that for the next <laughs> moment. All right. Uh, the next one is our will-win game. Yeah, that's Weber, Weber State. So, <laughs> Bo Baldwin – Beat them around while he was at Eastern. So, <laughs> so yeah, I, he he could. I think he could pull that off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it'll give them a chance to experiment with some depth. We'll probably see multiple quarterbacks during that game. Yeah, we'll see the uh, Malik McMorris, James Looney triple option. <laughs> the nine ninety nine. The nine ninety nine. Oh man, is that a special? Yeah. A, the nine ninety nine special. That's a pretty good one. Yeah, it'll work. Yeah, it'll work. All right, let's move on from the will win to a, to a must win. I think the must win, if there is one from these first six games, is uh, Ole Miss. Wow. Just because, hey, it's an SEC coming in. It's a 7 o'clock game. It's a, it would be a 9 o'clock start for them. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the body clock, crap, whatever. They're in disarray with the – I mean – Disarray is a program just because they got they got the bull band this year. They got all the infractions on their head. You and know. there's still headlines coming out about their head coach. Yeah. Like, still. Yeah. yeah. So. I mean, you haven't heard too much about the actual team through it. Yeah. And, you know, it's a Maybe bit, that's a good thing. At least from their perspective. At least for them, yeah. It's a good thing because they've kept a bit of a low prof- profile with uh, their interim coach, Matt Luke. The offensive Lineman? Former offensive line, line coach. coach. Yeah. yeah. And they got a – it's a bit of a rivalry for us with uh, – or for Cal, at least, with uh, Jacob Peeler coming yeah. back. He's the wide receivers coach there. So some of the wide receivers can tell the DBs, hey, this is what he did here. Yeah. It's probably a little different, but, you know. That's what he I, likes I think to there's do. a very – that's an opportunity to come early, to jump out to a good lead and win that game. And – it just kind of is a proving ground for saying, hey, we're here. We're not going to take this anymore. Mm-hmm. And we are going to just be a much better team than you think. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. All right. The last, the last little superlative I have to ask is the surprise win. All right. 
I'm curious to hear what your thoughts are on this, but my thought is at Oregon. Oh, see, for me, for me, the the must win was at Oregon. Ah, ah. For me, just because I don't, I'm not as high as Oregon on Oregon as a lot of I people mean, I'm are. Not either, but I don't think they've restocked on that defensive side as a lot of people think that defensive not side on has the gotten better. Line, no, they've lost a ton of yeah. size and depth and as, on the defensive and line. And as good as Taggart is, yeah. you can't do it with a depleted roster. Yeah, that's the big thing. And I think they. They changed. They switched their one of their best defensive players from a year ago. Um, what's his name? Schooler, uh-huh. the safety. Yeah. They switched him over to wide receiver, and I, th- I thought, why do you do that? Because you don't have talent on yeah, the wide receiver. He, you watched the tape of the Cal Oregon game last year. There were multiple plays that could have gone fifty plus yards, and yep. Schooler kept them to fifteen yards. I mean, it didn't help them in the end because usually they scored on the end of yeah. those drives. They worked them down every time. But he's a him and Troy Dye are the were the standouts there, and Dye's still there. He's real good. Mm-hmm. Well, but they also have Royce Freeman still running the ball. So he somehow only got like ten yards on fifteen carries last year. I mean, he was injured, but yeah, I I the biggest thing for me was I was surprised that Royce Freeman wasn't on any watch lists no. going into the season. I mean, he was on one for the Maxwell Award, I think. Yeah, or, but he wasn't on... Uh, he wasn't on the Doak Walker. The walk, the Doak Walker one. So that was a big surprise for me. It's what it is. All right, so your, your surprise win is going to be at Oregon. Yeah, at Oregon, yeah. just because I don't think they have the defensive depth that they did. I think Wilcox... One of the things of the Tedford era was that they always got pumped up for playing Oregon. Yeah. Because a lot of the staff came from Oregon. Yeah. And this has happened again, where half the staff has Oregon ties. You have Wilcox, he played there. Great Wood, coached there for God knows how many years. As an arrow, coached there for a bunch of years. That that's actually it, really. But <laughs> you know, it's still a motivated group to beat these guys. And uh, Regal was at Arizona, and they always had success against Oregon. Um, yeah. So those four guys. I mean, I could go on and on. But yeah. Do you let Let me ask you this then. If if we're going on that path of they're going to get pumped up because they played there and such. Do you think, this is just a total side question, do you think Bo Baldwin has a little bit of that when they're going to go up to Washington? I think Bo Baldwin is just a hyped person to begin with. (laughs) That's very true. I mean, he's very, very excitable when you see him on the sidelines. I know during the spring game you could see him just kind of jumping up and down when Mm -hmm. something went right. And you can kind of tell what kind of passion he has for the game. Yeah. When he, when he talks. Well, so. plus, I mean, when we go to media availability with him, usually it's at least like six to ten minutes. It's, yeah. Easy. Easy yeah. six to ten minutes. The, he's the toughest to transcribe, to be yeah. honest, because he <laughs> kind of like think, rethinks a sentence in mid-sentence. Yeah. It's like the Michael Scott quote, where sometimes I start a sentence and don't know where I'm going, <laughs> so keep going through with it, but. I've, I've come to realize, with at least with Baldwin, he says, oh, you know. He says that a lot. Oh, yeah. he, he's like, oh, you know, you know, like, you know. <laughs> uh, yeah, he's a great dude. Yeah. Great dude. Very, very nice. All right. I know you don't like doing predictions. Yeah. But I'm still going to ask you anyways. How do you think we come out of that first six games? This is tough. This is tough. Because if they win all the games, like, I think they could go three and three. Okay. But I'd predict them to go two and four. 
Okay. With wins against Weaver State and Ole Miss. That those three games there. Wow, win against win against Ole Miss, but a loss against NC. Yeah, I wow. I think this team reminds me a bit of the two thousand three iteration. Uh-huh. Where you know you go to a tougher opponent early, you show that you can hang with them, like they did with Kansas State back in two thousand three uh-huh. at Arrowhead Stadium. I was at that one actually. It was a good day. But, you know, you figure some things out, you have some growing pains, maybe you have to switch a quarterback midway through the season. That helped greatly. Well, yeah. Though they did lose Aaron Rodgers' first uh, start, so against yeah. Utah, against uh, Alex yes. Smith. That's yes, right. But that was a how how the tables have turned on that one. How the turntables have turned. Um, but yeah, so okay, two, three, and three, or two and four. I think two and four is probably more likely, just because that that's a big murderer's row there. Oregon's still going to be good. Yeah, but. Just not as good as we've seen him in The thing late. about Willie Taggart is that both of his first years at uh, Western Kentucky and South Florida, they went 2-10. and ten. So, it, But he's gotten them back to respectability not too long after. Yeah. So he's done well. But it may not be immediate, and that's where I think they have the biggest chance to win a third game of those uh, three or four games there. Uh, can I ask you one more question then? Sure. Depend if if let's say we go let's say we hit above five hundred. Yeah. Coming out of that six game. If stretch. they somehow go four and two. Yeah. Or five. And one. Or five and one. Or six and zero. Oh. Okay. And I'd, pigs will fly. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Justin Wilcox will be getting a very immediate raise. Yeah. If that's the case, does your expectation on the rebuild change drastically? Honestly, I don't think so. Just because uh, this is a very, very good coaching staff that has kind of taken a 180-degree different approach Mm -hmm. than the previous one. You build around the players. That's what you're supposed to do. That's how coaching works. That's how you tell if you're a good coach. If you can take a group that, hey, these aren't exactly what I like. Or what I'm used to. What I'm used to, but I can make it work. work, Yeah, you can pull a Tim Gunn and make it work. (laughs) And this is a good, a very detail-oriented coaching staff. I recently read something about uh, how Boise State became a bit of a power. Uh And a lot of it is that all the coaches that they talked to talked about a fanatical approach of attention to detail. (laughs) And Wilcox was, he wasn't interviewed for that, but he was there at the same time as all those coaches. Like, he's defensive coordinator under Peterson. Where uh, Brian Harson, who's currently the offensive coordinator, or mm-hmm. he was the offensive coordinator, now he's the head coach at Boise State. Yeah, he was the guy there during that period before he went to Texas for a little bit. But it's the attention to detail of the staff, and you see it in guys like uh, Alexander talks about it. Azanero, yeah, you can see it when he's teaching the punches and everything. You can see it in every positional coach, though Edwards, when they do positional drills. Greatwood, yeah. Tuiasa Sopo, Riegel. Yeah. List goes on. Tulati. Tuioti. Tuioti. I still can't figure out how to say that name. Eh, neither do I. He's a good dude, though. Really? Yeah. All of them are. Yeah. yeah. All the, the entire. As an arrow scares the hell out of me, but <laughs> <laughs> he, he doesn't want to talk to the media, which I, I respect. Yeah. So. And DeRoyter as well, of course, who coaches the inside line. Yeah. Yeah. He's. He's been a lot better than I thought he would be, to be yeah. honest. I Maybe it's because his Fresno tenure kind of dulled expectations on that end, but yeah. he's a very good coordinator. He is. He is. I think that's that's his long-term job, in yeah. my opinion. But I wouldn't 
be surprised if some other university came along and mm-hmm. decided to give him a shot at mm-hmm. head coaching again. All right, um, let's move on to recruiting. That's that's it for football. Oof. Yeah, that's a lot of talking, Trace. Good job. Yeah, Good job. Yeah, yeah, I'm like multiply caffeinated this morning. So, <laughs> all right, let's, let's let's go to basketball. We'll change a little cha- little change of pace, and then Okey-dokey. we'll go back to football for a little bit. All right, first of all, Jordan Brown has us in his top seven. Yeah. Uh, which Good includes with him. yeah, which includes the likes of UCLA, Gonzaga, Nevada, Louisiana, Lafayette, St. John's. Did you say Oregon already? I did not say Oregon. Oregon. Well, they're in it. Okay. Um, and then of course uh, he made the big change this week where he moved from Rosewood to uh, prolific prep prolific up there prep. in Napa. Yeah. I think they're affiliated with uh, Justin Sienna up there. Yeah. As far as their high school, yeah, neither here nor there. Yeah, but I think the the big thing here is that thankfully he's still in the area. Yeah, it's yeah. E- he's easy to to go out and see and recruit. Yeah. And White Kings made him his top priority mm-hmm. in recruiting. And yeah, it's just a matter of getting somebody to play around him to be, you know, to be even bigger of a lure. Yeah. Thank God those two four-star guys committed way early because yeah. I think that's such a huge pull. Jacoby's going to be a good player. On oh, the way Bradley's going to be. A Matt real Bradley, good. he's. I mean, he's going to be. He's my favorite of the class, no matter who they get. Yeah, you love having those guys who are tough, who are hard-nosed, who yeah. don't really back down. I mean, he's, did you see that video of him dropping seventy something points? There's that one and the one of him. Uh, they're going up against Compton, Compton Magic. Magic. Yeah, and you know he was basically, I'm gonna fight all of you. I'm gonna play <laughs> all of you one on five, and I'm going to beat you. Yeah, his he, he tried. He almost got there. He's yeah. It, just in that tape alone, you see him bully his way to the basket yeah. and in a controlled chaos type of thing, mm-hmm. be able to get up shots. Yeah, going into the paint. And you need a guy who can be the. I mean, the phrase is always the straw that stirs the drink. Mm-hmm. I use a more vulgar phrase, which I can't use right here. But <laughs> <laughs> he's a very good, uh, you know. Just a hard-nosed type guard. He's guy. a disturber. Mm-hmm. You know, he gets in the paint. He draws fouls. He can shoot. He can make you pay from pretty much anywhere. And he's yeah. a good teammate from the sounds of it. So, Yeah, I'm excited. Um, but I want to see them get a center to go next to, to Jordan, Jordan Brown. Yeah. Because apparently they want to use him more as a four. Yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, you got – I mean, they – they were they're talking to um, there was one article where they were talking to Jordan. I can't remember where it was from, and Probably in that us. may have been. Uh, but they were saying how Jordan might or he his quote was, "Yeah, they they might even experiment yeah, playing the three, uh, like a three stretch four, Kevin yeah. Durant." And I was like, "Because everybody wants to be like wow. Kevin Durant. Everyone does want to be like Kevin Durant. But, I mean, because you can't be LeBron James. You also want to Le- be paid like Kevin Durant. Yeah." Honestly, if I I was that big, I'd want to play like Draymond Green. But that, th- that's that, a personal preference <laughs> because mentally, if I had the athletic ability, I think I'd like to play that, like LeBron. That would be how I play. <laughs> I'll be honest; I've taken a few shots at people. But, um, but yeah, with this, the Jordan Brown thing is really cool because they there's also quotes from him saying like, "Oh, they they kind of want me to be that Ivan Rab guy," mm-hmm. um, and I. I take that quote and I look at it not in the basketball perspective. Yeah, I see it from the local guy. The local guy, yeah, that that thing. Um, Yeah, the thing about Ivan Rab is one of the things he said was, "Hey, I want to show people that kids from Oakland can go to Cal because you see like all the hats and the sweatshirts mm -hmm, and whatever, but you don't see that many kids going to Cal Mm -hmm. because there's certain." 
there's socioeconomic issues that we could get into here, but that would be another like hour and a half at least. Yeah. We could probably go all day. Yeah. But that's the same thing. You want to see kids locally staying in the area. That's how you build a program. Yeah. You, you go with the local kids, you go which is what Wilcox has done. Yeah. Yeah. For football. Nine out of 15 kids are from Northern California in this class so far. That's the way to build a winning program. There are program. nine kids on the roster from Northern California. <laughs> That's a lot. Yeah, it's like, it's ridiculous right now, but they've done a great job. But anyway, back to Jordan Brown. You want a local kid? You want a kid from, I mean, it's going to be Napa County now, but. Still local. Local enough. Roseville is local. It was an hour and a half away from campus, which is still there. Yeah. So it's just a matter of, you know, you want somebody to put around him. If he wants to play at the four and you want him to play the four, he needs somebody to play at the five. So. I think also the big thing, ex, away from getting a center to play with him, mm-hmm. is how that system plays this year. Yeah, yeah. Is it, you want to because if Marcus Lee does end up playing that four spot, mm-hmm. you you want for him to somewhat shine. Yeah. Not just for his sake, but just because now you can point to that game tape and be like, yeah. "That's that's how we want to use we you." We want to use you like this. Yeah. And I mean, Marcus, he looked great in practice last year, from what I saw. He's he, going to be good. He looked fluid. He was probably the best defender inside there. And he has the potential to be very good. I mean, he's a former five-star recruit. Mm-hmm. And so He's local kid, too. Yeah. From Antioch. Antioch. Deer yep. Valley. Yep. He's a talented young man. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm cautiously hyped and optimistic mm-hmm. of this recruiting cycle for, for White King. Yeah. Just right. going to depend on who they get around them. Exactly. But they've already started well so far, and I think they're 15th in our in the rivals' rankings right now. Yeah, because of the two four-star guys who are two top 100 top guys. 100. Yeah. All right, uh, and then we'll move on to some football news. Okay, football recruit. Yeah. So they got a guy um, Thursday. Yep. Matthew Sendrick yep. from Sammamish, Washington, Skyline High School, same place as Cameron Saffel. Yeah. So let me ask you this. Sure. We got a lot of online guys that yep. committed this year. Five. Five. And they're all good. Yes. They're all very, very good. Yes. I mean, most of us, and even on recruiting sites and mm-hmm. ranking sites, of course, the, the big name very is... very good. Big name is Will Craig. Exactly. Granite Bay, up there by Sacramento again, you know. And we got his teammate, Evans Hattersall, whose dad played for Steve Greatwood. There's the connection there. Ah, uh, okay. That's good to know. Yeah. I did not know that. Yeah. Um, that group, how good do you see this group becoming... If Will Craig lives up to his potential, he's an NFL guy. Wow. Just every everything I've heard about him from people is that hey, this is he's very talented, he moves well in space, he's big, he's rangy, he's got long arms, he can play tackle. I think he could honestly early he could probably play guard right away. Where do you see him playing on the line? I, I see him playing tackle, to be honest. Like he's your prototypical left tackle type. Okay. So, because he's big, fluid, and can move, and that's what you need in Steve Greatwood's system, and he's highly ranked, deservedly so. He was one of the best linemen at the opening up in Oregon, and he will pretty immediately be an asset. Because the thing about this offensive line class is that Steve Greatwood has told them, hey, I'm getting five guys for this class. Four out of five of them are going to play by their second year in the program. Four out of five of them are going to start by their second year in the program. So, 
he's expecting guys to play early, and Craig is one of those, and I think he could play as a true freshman, to be honest. My God. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard to believe, but, yeah. you know. So I'm, I'm on, I, I want to ask you a broader recruiting question mm-hmm. than now, because Andy and I have talked sure. about it and how we kind of feel as if the recruiting hype is back. You know, there were, at least defensively and yeah. in, in those in those trench positions, right? We yeah. didn't There's we didn't still have that. They still need to recruit more defensively. They do. Let's say that right now. They do, but they but it feels like you know we got hyped over the Will Craig thing, right? And yes. then we got hyped over some of the other guys that we're getting such early commits from. Yeah, and then two of the guys in uh, Chigozi and Newsium and JT yeah. Shrew just got bumps to four stars on for us at Rivals, and yeah. they're good. They're good. I I really like Shrew. He still needs to, you know, put up film and everything, but he is a good player. And you don't get the Yahoo Sports article about, oh, hey, NFL coaches and scouts are raving <laughs> about you without being very, very good. So so my question to you is, is this the style of recruiting cycles we should expect year in and year out? Not, not from the, the personnel standpoint, yeah. but are we going to get guys early is what I'm saying. I think so. I mean – a lot of these guys are kids who are like, okay, I'm done with my recruitment now that I've got Shrewd's one of them. J.H. Uh, Tavis. Tavis? Tavis. Tavis, yeah. I never figured that out. Yeah. I apologize. Kids like that. Moffy, I think, is pretty shut down. Uh-huh. Uh, Remigio. Remigio, yeah, Remigio. He's good kid. Yeah. Good kid. They played last night, actually. I have to check on how he did. Uh, just kids like that often. I think he's taken a couple visits elsewhere, but he's pretty set yeah. on Cal since his sister's here already. So, volleyball player, uh, Christine Alston. Okay. All right, well that, there's the there's the connection. Yeah, yeah. She's I think she's the team captain there. I again have to look this <laughs> stuff up. I'm focused on football right now. Yes. So. Yes. All right. Yeah. That that pretty much sums it up for us. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, offensive line wise, you've got a lot of talent. Let. Let me cover this for uh, a moment. Okay. So you got Craig. You got Brandon Mello from Clayton Valley Charter. He's a big, fluid kid. 6'7". I like the last name, pound. too. Yeah, he's very, very mellow, it <laughs> seems. I've seen him and I've seen all of them, really, in person, except Craig. Or, no, not all of them in person, but I've seen. <laughs> you went up to recruiting chips in Washington? No, no. But I've seen Mello in person, and I've seen Miles Owens in person, okay. and they are massive. Miles Owens is the local kid who went to Bishop O'Dowd. Bishop O'Dowd, 6'7", 315, big kid. We're starting that Bishop O'Dowd pipeline back yeah. up. Yeah, I hope. It's a good I thing. Hope. There's a kid in the 2019 class, Austin Jones, who he's – I think he ran for like 2,000 yards last year as a oh. sophomore. Woo! Real good. Real Woo-hoo. good. There's a lot of competition for him, though. That's going to be tough. But if you can somehow – land him. I know Washington's making a big play for him since, you know, Napoleon Kaufman, who's the coach of Bishop O'Dowd, he went to Washington and they took a chance on him early and offered him pretty early. Mm-hmm. So that stands out to him. But that's the thing. Wilcox doesn't they haven't offered many people early in the yeah. twenty nineteen class. They just started a month and a half ago. So and they haven't really offered too many people recently either. So yeah. it's been a relatively slow time in recruiting be honest but I, I do feel like this time of year is yeah. pretty slow right right in the like first give or take like first two weeks before and first two weeks after the football season starts yeah yeah i mean because everyone's focused on their team it's a dead period right now in recruiting too, yeah until september 1st in which all of the 
Like they can start talking to 2019 guys over you the start phone. Start making the phone calls. Start making the phone calls. Start doing the, the DMs. And the rounds. Yeah. 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 The DMs. Just like I, I love Coach Alexander and his yeah. tweets where he's, he's like, I see you, but the feds are watching. <laughs> <laughs> I, see, I see you, young guns. I just want to know what can't. kind of coffee he likes so people can get him some coffee because he keeps asking for it. Uh, would would he have a refined taste like a like a stump town or I mean, counterculture? He, he didn't work up in Washington with the Huskies for a couple of years, so maybe He's, just get him some standard Seattle yeah. or Seattle's best coffee or some some regular uh, Starbucks blend. Go like Phil's or something. Yeah, Pike's Place. Class it up. There you go. <laughs> yeah, but offensive line wise, you've got you got Mellon Owens. They're massive. You got Cindric, who's going to be an interior. Guy. Okay. And you got Jasper Fries, who's... The German kid. Yeah, big German-Brazilian kid. Raw, good footwork, because he played soccer for a long time. Uh, just, he's... He looked very raw in his junior film, but from what I've seen of him over the summer, he's been hurt a little bit. Yeah. But he his feet have gotten a lot better. He's a good pass blocker. So he's your, he's a right tackle type, to be honest. All right, um, the last thing we have to talk about before we end is I totally forgot about this when we were doing the depth chart. Mm-hmm. Special teams. Oh, yeah. Punters are people, too. Yeah. Sorry, David. Yeah. So, punters, kickers, and returners. Okay, so Matt Anderson is your place kicker for field goals and stuff. Easy. We know that. Yeah. We but, saw him basically kick a 60-yarder the yeah, other day. 55, no problem. Oh, my goodness. Dude's good. Yeah. He's smart. He's gotten a lot better. Yeah. He's come a long way. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He's confident. He's a good, good interview, to be honest. Yeah. Oh, when people don't know this, but when we're there at football practice after the games and we're in the media section, like maybe talking to Wilcox and we're getting ready to talk to Wilcox, yeah, Matt see. Anderson will run by and he's like, all right, guys, so I'll, uh, I'll talk to you tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> he will. I try and get him whenever he says that just so, you know, I'm his guy. You, you but, build his confidence a little bit yeah. just because he says that. And, but he's the place kicker right now. They're still, they've still been experimenting with kickoff guys because – I mean, Anderson's fine at it, that they've been experimenting with uh, land grieve. Mm-hmm. Land grab, land grieve. Yeah. The land grab. Land sea snatch. <laughs> the land shark. Something along those lines. United States zero. It yeah. can't be done. <laughs> All right, and then punter, of course. Punter is uh, prob- probably going to be Klum for right now, just because Coots got to campus a little late right. because he had visa issues. Right. But he'll still compete, maybe if they need to do an Aussie-style punt. Just like rug- when we had a rugby. Harry David Lonnie. No, we also you're thinking a- of Harry Adolphus. Yeah, I'm which thinking of Harry that's Adolphus. kind of a different country now. But <laughs> David Lonnie, I have his jersey. So there you go. That's the strangest thing I own. <laughs> Actually, there's a lot of more stranger things I own, but let's not get into that here. Yeah, uh, let's go to punt returners. Punt returners. Um, it's been varied at this point. Because they haven't limited it down. I think uh, Vic Wharton's going to get a chance. Kanavainoa, D-Rob, Hawkins, uh, the younger Hawkins. Jeremiah. Least. Jeremiah. Um, maybe Travion Beck. I know he's been back there a little bit. But I'd expect more Wharton than Noah. Than yeah. I remember Ragel saying at one of the press conferences. May Stovall. Yeah. Ragel did say he was looking for some guys with some, a little bit of wiggle. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they haven't. So... They haven't done too much live that we've seen of it. So yeah, just because we've only been to, what, seven, yeah. eight open practices? Yeah. So. And for most of that, they've been focused on team stuff because they can take care of the special team stuff anytime. Yeah, at any point. So kickoffs, though. 
Kekos, I see D-Rob and Stovall being the first two guys, which D-Rob's looked great. Yeah, well, he's the fastest. And then behind him, Hawkins, the, uh, the Jeremiah. Younger, the younger Hawkins. Uncle Hawkins. Uncle. The younger Uncle Hawkins. Yep, yep. Fun familial relations there. Yeah. And uh, Trey Watson behind them. Best hands in the country. Probably. Allegedly. Allegedly. Best word in the English language. Allegedly. <laughs> Allegedly. All right. Um, sorry for the whole mix-up there. I totally forgot about special teams. Yeah, yeah. To the depth chart. So, you can edit that in. I think so. Or you I can just so. leave it. Or I can just leave here. it. Just as a little surprise. See, it makes you listen to the very end. Just because you're like, hey, where's the special teams news? Oh, yeah. And then you'll get it at the very end. Yeah. Sorry, David Seabright. <laughs> All right. So that wraps it up for us. Yeah. Um, it's been a solid hour and a half. Yeah. Yeah, that was great. How's, yeah. it, being, how's it being back, Trace? Oh, it's good. It's good. <coughs> nice to get out in the morning. So <laughs> I needed that, probably. I probably would have just sat on my couch and, I don't like, know. Waited until the sun came up. I would have gone outside, maybe walked my dog or something. I don't know. It's not. <laughs> I don't live a very complex life. All right. So uh, I'm just going to say this bluntly. I'm going to give you a shameless plug here. Sure. For whatever you need to say. Yeah. Get, get, how do we get on Rivals? I can subscribe to cal.rivals.com. I will be running a promotion shortly. So you'll get like a month free or whatever. Or what? I'm still figuring out the logistics of that. <laughs> so He's running I, his own business, people. Let, yeah. let just, just, Which just hold is off. amazing. I'm 25 years old and this is still strange to me. <laughs> but I'm, basically, if you have any question and you are subscribed, I will answer it to the best of my ability. That's the pitch that I can give you. So, you know, cal.rivals.com is where all the articles are. There's forums there. We post all the fun recruity stuff on there. So, yeah. And if you ask me a question on there, I think we have like a Discord up for that too, but that's a whole nother story. <laughs> All right. Which you'll have to go on there to find out. So, where else can they find you on social media? Uh, well, you know, at CalRivals on Twitter is the big one. I mean, I have my own Twitter at TraceDrivers3, which yeah. honestly I use more for personal stuff than anything. I'll occasionally put some Cal thoughts there. Like, I'll, I mean, but I'll that's say, your personal like fan thoughts. That's more, so. more the I use it to mostly talk about wrestling and that's yes stuff like that and Thanksgiving and turkeys and, yeah Thanksgiving yeah. is my favorite holiday of yeah. the year it's the best one <laughs> so yeah that's where you can find uh, all of Trace's stuff yeah. all the rival stuff I highly suggest it it's good stuff the community in the, on the message board is real great um, lots of good pretty solid discussions that mm-hmm. go on in there for the most part for the most part <laughs> Trace's had to to lay down the 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 ban hammer. It's gotten a lot better. Yeah. I actually haven't banned anybody. Wow. So so there you have it. Um, so, yeah, if you want to get some of his stuff I or the promotions, I'm assuming the best probably way to do it is follow Cal Rivals on Twitter. Yeah, and he'll probably we'll put post. something out there. I'll, I just have to figure out how to do it. I haven't gotten around to it yet. It's been pretty busy. It is. Time of year. It is a busy time of year. So, but I'm excited. Football starts. Football's so, right here, right yeah. here. And just think about it. A few months in the football, and then we're already in basketball season. Yeah. It's a crazy part. I'm going to have to get through that. I have some stuff to work on this fall then. (laughs) All right. Well, that wraps it up for us uh, for the BearCast. Andy and I will be back with a UNC preview sometime later in the week, so be on the lookout for that. Yeah, awesome UNC preview articles too. I have a QA and a with the North Carolina publisher. So There you have it, folks. Follow us along. We got a lot of coverage going into the preseason right now. Yep. Or into the real season. That we do. Yeah. 
So, and that's it. So you can find my stuff um, on Twitter at Rob11HWANG. You can find also find it on CaliforniaGoldenBlocks.com. Uh, please hit the like, subscribe button, and also subscribe to us on iTunes. And that's it. And as always, go Bears. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.